Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, JB. Hello, Phil. Tim here. Uh, hello, Tim. Uh, we have a situation where we try to do a podcast with two hungover podcasters. So uh, my understanding is you, two, two hungover podcasters and a third pos- podcaster not present. Correct? Correct. In, in transit, I believe. <laughs> yeah. My uh, recommendation is do not do that podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, we found... Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, uh, no, I quite I enjoyed it, boys. I no, enjoyed was... hearing you absolutely dying. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> it was the worst thing I've ever done. I'll never do it again. Uh, it just uh, isn't it... An embarrassment of a podcast. So I apologise to oh, all no, of I you. Oh no, I wasn't saying the the podcast was dying. I was saying you two, like as human beings, were dying. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but let's face it, the the product might have suffered a tiny bit. But do you know what? Four years. If you don't like it, screw yourself. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, well, well, do you know what? I have to apologise as well because I. Do you know what the ridiculous thing was? So I, I did this. I worked um, on the on the program on Exeter Saracens. Yep, and and. I had a train booked to get me from Exeter St David's to Paddington. Oh, which, okay. Which I could have then made my connection. I could have been there. I could have been there in time. But and this sounds like ridiculous name dropping. It's not. Ugo had the idea of having a road trip, and so because Glenn Delaney was driving uh, back to London, he went, "Oh, well, just let's go with Glenn. It'll be a road trip." Uh, that journey, <laughs> does, instead of two does, hours, um, took us about four call, and a half hours. Does Ugo call lifts road trips? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. Wow. So we turned down two perfectly good seats on the train to uh, to get a lift back with Glenn Delaney. But he was he was, he was was a good guy. And uh, uh, let hey, me just tell you one more thing from it, the road trip. Can I just I say, think uh, Glenn Delaney, good pundit. Yeah, he, he was. was, good, he, was he? he was a good yeah, pundit. Yeah, very impressed. I was impressed with him as well. Um so Ugo, we went to the, we stopped off at this McDonald's somewhere between Exeter and uh, and London, and um, Ugo went up to the counter. This is Ugo Monnier, and this is I'm giving this one. I haven't mentioned this on my Virgin Radio show because I don't want it to spread too wide. I am telling this. This is the, this is the right format then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This is this is something special for for egg chasers, right? Yeah. So Ugo Monnier went up to the counter in McDonald's and he said, "Can I have a Big Mac, please?" With Extra burgers. Oh, oh, secret menu. Yeah, the secret menu. I've seen this. Uh, do, you, do you know what the secret menu is, Tim? I, I, I knew nothing about it until until uh, sun, Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. No, the secret menu, mate, is you basically ask them for various combinations which they know how to make. So it's like land, air and sea burger, which is the fish fillet, the burger, the normal burger, and then the chicken burger. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, do you know what? It blew my mind. So I had a I had a McDonald's Big Mac with four burgers in it. Did you really? 
Yeah, and but... I don't, as far as I'm aware, I don't think they charge me any more. Hmm. Wow. Mind you, that's on the BT account, so how would you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was anyway. So there you go. Um, you... That that was. I think that constitutes a road trip. When you when you when you learn lessons like that, then that's fine. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I, anyway, I, I, anyway. Yeah, three minutes in. Why don't we start a podcast about rugby? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, why don't I start by giving some of the brilliant reviews of some of our listeners why on iTunes? We, why don't we start by playing our theme music? Oh yeah, <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> Hands in, pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I'm JB, le- less hungover than, well, the previous podcast, with <laughs> Phil, who is also less hungover than the previous podcast, and we've got Tim, who's not in transit. Hello, Tim. <laughs> Thank you very much, JB. Thank you, Phil. Oh, right. Um, shall we read some user reviews then? User yes, listener so reviews. Su- subscribe on iTunes and Acast. Leave your reviews on iTunes. That's all we ask. Uh, leave your reviews on iTunes, like Jason Monday, who says five stars, more appealing than a salty kiss, more accessible than the AJ Bell Stadium, more sturdy than a precision German engineered shaft. That's uh, which I, I like that review. Very good. Yeah. Um, so wait, wait, more accessible than the AJ, AJ Bell. I mean, that could be it. Guantanamo Bay is more accessible than the AJ Bell. Kilimanjaro (laughs) is more accessible than the AJ Bell. I'm not sure that's really a compliment. Yeah, Yeah, you're probably right, actually. Uh, This one, uh, Jack Hazelwood. um, Three egg-chasing mavericks, as well organised as a Manu Tuolangi defensive rush, as gripping as as a Leinster versus Zebra fixture, and as hard-hitting as a Boris Johnson shoulder charge. Don't be alarmed by JB's continual prediction mishaps. Phil's worryingly in-depth spreadsheets on Jamie Roberts or Tim's calamitous Kiwi accents. These boys know a thing or two. Yeah, thank you very much. I'll take that all day long. Yeah, and f- final one from Taraxicum10, who said, I'd had a tough weekend. I'd watched my beloved Gloucester squander a 24-point lead, nicked myself with a rusty old razor, and had limited viewing of professional rugby players' partners. However, this podcast was the light at the end of the tunnel. First thing Monday morning, JB reassured me next year will be Gloucester's year. Peeping Tim gave me the heads up on Lazowski's misses, and Phil informed me I'd won 60 quid on Statbacker. To top it all off, my cutting-edge cornerstone razor arrived. Keep up the good work, boys. Congratulations for winning sixty quid on uh, on Statbacker. Yeah, not too shabby. Uh, we could also mention that this week's winners were John Root, Stuart Bradford, and Sam Wicks, who've won a, a few quid as well. So well done nice. to those. Well done to those boys. And we'll be giving out a jersey later on this show. Ooh, that's very exciting, isn't Ooh, it? Fiji, a Fiji oh. Sevens jersey, a gold medal winning Fiji Sevens jersey. Yes, we will be. Yes, we will be right. Um, so, you know, what, what, what do you want to talk about, boys? So, what, what is the point of this podcast? Let's just be clear on this. Is this just filling up the gaps? Is this like polyfiller podcast? Yeah, polyfiller. basically. So, what happened is we kind of had a running order, and then we didn't have a running order because some things take three people. Quizzes take three people. Debates take three people. Looking through the profiles of players' girlfriends takes three people. And in the end, what we ended up doing was uh, just talking over the game. So, yeah, exactly. We're going to fill in the blanks as a kind of, uh, you know, we are sorry for our first efforts podcast. Well, do you know what? I, I think that I, personally, I think the, the, the effort is important and people will recognize the effort and the sacrifice that was made. You know, you, you had shell, you were shells of human beings at that point. True. And you still soldiered on. True, true. 
Yeah, it was. I was struggling to concentrate on anything. I couldn't hold two pieces of information in my head at the same time. Uh, so uh, apologies, but we did try. <laughs> <laughs> so pathetic. Right. Let's just let's just have a bit of forward momentum then. A few things that that were glaring omissions that we should cover off now. Stuart Lancaster, defence coach at Leinster. Mm. Well, yes. So Stuart Lancaster, defence coach at Leinster. I don't believe he is a defence coach. I think he has a defensive brief, but he's also tasked with other things. And do you not think it's a little bit weird the way they've listed it as kind of head coach, vice senior head coach, and then two assistant coaches? Yes. Have you seen I, it? I, also, I do think it's strange. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad I'm, appointment, I'm actually. Surprised. I'm quite surprised that Leo Cullen said okay to this because it strikes me like he's... He's, as, you, as you suggested, JB, his his role is going to be far more wide-ranging than defence. And uh, Leo Cullen appears to be kind of struggling to get to grips with that head honcho role. And I don't know. My, my perspective on Stuart Lancaster is what he does really well is organisation. And I'm going to say the word culture, all that kind of thing. The yeah. sort of the ad- administrative set up, setting things up and setting things going, he's, he'd be really good at. Yeah. Um, and let's... It's kind of not clear. It's very fuzzy what well, he's doing well don't forget Leinster have got a little bit of a history now of appointing people and consultants they had Graham Henry for two weeks so maybe it's that kind of role the other thing that might have happened is Leo Cullen just phoned up Andy Farrell and said what's this guy like to work with and Andy Farrell went yeah it's easy you'll you'll, you'll pretty much run the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah I reckon maybe what do you think Phil um I think it's I'm a bit surprised that Stuart's gone for this role almost because I would have thought he would have wanted a head coach role somewhere, but that leads me to the conclusion that he's tried to find a head role, head coach role somewhere, and hasn't done, and he just wants to get back involved. You know, you know, I think I, it's. Good I think you've nailed, I think you nailed it there, Phil. I think by the way he was going around the Southern Hemisphere, I think he was desperate for a Super Rugby job and didn't yeah. manage to get get one. You know, I, I actually yeah. think it's a good move for him and. Despite all of the banter, I do hope he does well because it is nice to see a guy who's been kicked quite a lot, mostly by me, um, <laughs> do well. And if you can turn it around, it, it would be good to say, "Yeah, look, told you so." Yeah. <laughs> Wait, told you so? Well, everyone, the whole rugby media, because he's he has taken a bit of oh, a beating for him to say "told you so." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were lining yourself up to say. Told oh no, you no, no. <laughs> I, I I do genuinely want him to do well. I mean, everyone you speak to says he's actually a really good guy. Yeah. So let's let's hope it develops into something. I, I, I was on to it. Oh, sorry, were you going to say something else, Phil? No, uh, nothing more than I agree with Jay. It would be nice to see him actually succeed because I'm sure he does have some very positive qualities. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, another thing that I just want to... I, I was quite surprised that um, your thinking wasn't completely in a line with where mine would have been on some of the officiating decisions and TMO refereeing decisions and stuff. So just to be clear, right, because again... Uh, so wh- where were you on the Far Saliva? Uh, far Saliva for red. Worcester. It's red. I-, I think it's red. Oh, I mean, like... For God's sake. He gets away <laughs> I with hope it. you change your mind now you're sobered up. No, no. <laughs> I think he gets away with it, you know, if he hasn't knocked someone out cold. You know, it's like punching someone's chest. You'll probably get away with that well, as well. Have you- I-, I think he could have got away with it if he hadn't moved his arm up. If he- he'd kept his arm by his side... The, there's no case to answer. Yeah, it's the it's the moving the arm up that that does but, it for me. What what I would say, you go onto YouTube and you type in Louis Picamol, um, 
best bits. Yeah. And I've watched the video and it that move, that is oh. all that Louis Picamole does. Every single ball carry, yes, he I... does the exact motion. It's just putting no. your arm in a defensive position to protect your own body. Slightly, wrong there. Slightly wrong there, Tim. Louis Picamole uses a very unusual technique called the praying mantis. So he kind of holds both forearms kind of like a praying mantis and then go like boshes forward. Well, let's this just say like... that c- connected with someone's jaw. You're going to oh, give him a I, red. Yes. This, this, well, right. I don't want to go into it too much because you talked about it and other people have made their own decision. We can move on and have a little different conversation, which has um, emanated since. But why? Um, I think this is this particular one is giving a red card for the outcome, not for the uh, not for the action. And I think the action is a rugby incident and it happens every game 30, 40, 50 times. No, uh, I disagree. He made contact with the head. The guy was clearly unconscious. Well, he was unconscious, not clearly unconscious. So he what? Was unconscious. That's irrelevant. That's no, it's massively relevant. No, no, no. Because the action of that player it, caused that other guy to go un- unconscious. That is why it's, rele- it's, it's relevant. It would be irrelevant had it not been the elbow that connected with the head. If it had been his shoulder that connected with the head, carrying the I ball. I would think that he would get... No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. No, no. It's because it's an illegal act and then it's the consequences, consequences come not. in. Well, well no, no, the actual chicken wing is uh, an illegal act. It's basically like, you know, if no, you don't not. have the ball... The, the kind of chicken wing shoulder charge is an illegal act, and well, that's how that's how everybody runs with the ball no, under one that, arm. That is, no, that is not true. Well, let's, not just, true. let's just going to run with my arm by my side. Go on, whack me in the whack me in the in the ribs. Go on. Yeah, but it's the raising of the it's a raising of the forearm, Tim. That's the difference. That's Leading how I with see the forearm. It. But let's, is... You sound like a TMO. You both sound like TMOs <laughs> right now. You've been infected. <laughs> anyway, on the subject of TMOs. Um, I think the slow motion uh, made that red card far, far worse. And there's been plenty of talk from lots and lots of pundits. It was on on the TV show, on the actual game. Uh, the pundits, I think Ben Kay and Austin Healy, were saying uh, they need to stop the slow-mo for incidents like that. Um, would you be up, up for that with the slow-mo issue? Uh, Brian Moore has come out with the same thing in his Telegraph com- uh, column. I, I'm actually generally against the, the slow-mo because I do think it makes things look worse. Yeah, it's got to uh, be game speed. I I I could possibly go for kind of a a twenty five percent slowed down, just slow down so you can determine. Uh, a, a little Don't do that, bit. Phil. Um, can we go? Um, can we have twenty five? I think this warrants twenty five percent slow mo. <laughs> yes, so I could go for that, and I would also go for slow mo for um, grounding the ball for tries. Yeah, but, but I do think for big hits they always look a lot a lot worse. Um, when you do slow it down. So I, I am in general agreement. Well, you know my views on this, which is we keep an excited 15-year-old schoolboy <laughs> in like a shipping container just outside the ground and we pump the images into the shipping container and we ask him, is that entertaining or is it not? <laughs> and if he says, yes, it's entertaining, you play on. Well, then the, Worc- the Worcester red card would oh, not, not have been a red look, card. I'm talking about ripping up the rule books here. Okay. Um, it's a completely Nor new should approach. it have been a red card, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so, uh, speaking of um, youngsters in, uh, just loving their rugby, did you see the video I tweeted earlier on our, on at Rugby Podcast? Yeah, is it American lad? Is it or is it a Kiwi? No, he's, he's he's an Australian lad in Canberra. Uh, oh. Canberra kids. <laughs> he's just a ridiculous specimen for a kid. It's, he's a large unit. It is ridiculous. Uh, it, Those it, handoffs were almost. Oh. Uh, they were bordering on red card worthy. In, in my mind, it's it does. Um, it's a great example. It's a ridiculous video to watch, but it's a great example of why the New Zealand um, 
weight grade system is a good system because he because the kids playing against him aren't really getting much out of that <laughs> and and more importantly he looks like an incredible talent but he's not getting anything but, out of it because yeah. it's too the, easy the kids he's playing against, they are getting something out of it they're getting their own asses handed <laughs> to them yeah i mean i hope it comes out in about two years time that they lost his birth certificate and actually he's what <laughs> he's 15 like, playing yeah. against nine-year-olds <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, another uh, briefly then. I'm just trying to rattle through the things that I'm aware that you missed. Right, will some one of you get on your phone and go to Jonathan Joseph's Instagram account? Uh, I, I've seen it. I've seen. Have well, you? I've seen um, something on Saturday Ooh. night. Yes, he, he was after the game. He was popping bottles. He was in a club, having <laughs> having someone firing uh, what looked like champagne all over him. Well, that's a yeah. sensible way to use to use your match fee, isn't it? Uh, um. <laughs> oh, hey, listen. I'm whatever you want to do. You've you've played a you've played a tough eighty minutes. You've had a good win. You go out and celebrate it however you want. I'm just. I'm saying... not so sure, Jonathan. I'm not so sure. I want to see rugby union players, England internationals, uh, with the kind of video that Jonathan Joseph came out with. I'm all for players letting us behind the Ooh, scenes of what's going on, but is, I don't want to see that. This is interesting. Why, Tim? I mean, my view is he shouldn't be doing it because he needs to fill up his ISA account first. Maybe <laughs> if he's made full pension contributions and has maximised his ISA allowances, <laughs> I'm all for it. If not, that's a sit-down Jonathan needs to have with his money manager yeah. or his agent. Or, or you. <laughs> well, or me. You know, I'm interested to know why Tim doesn't like this. Go on, Tim. Uh, I just, it just, I just think it looks, it just looks really bad. There's a po- at one point, there's a pole in the background, like a pole dancing pole. Yeah, it, maybe, uh, maybe he was in just... a fire station. We mustn't judge. <laughs> it's not not very becoming of an England international. I, I quite yeah. like the 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 affable nature of rugby players and the I quite like seeing some of the videos. But I I, I just don't want to see rugby players doing that. That's the, that's what you'd expect a, fo- a Premiership footballer to be doing. What would you say if? they were pints of beer being thrown down his throat. Or Scott Quinnell. Was it Scott? No, Colin Travis in the old dentist chair. Oh, we'll let the boys play is what I'd say then. So it, was just, it, was, it was the combination of the music, the surroundings, and the, what, the what they were doing. I didn't it, like. It's a, a waste of good champagne. We could have been drinking that, Jay. Yeah, yeah, we could have actually. I'd, I'll tell you another uh, post-game uh, Instagram picture this weekend was from Richard Wigglesworth, if you've seen that one. No, no. I haven't seen any Instagram. And it's a picture of the Saracens team bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, so they're going away from Exeter. There's Baz Barrington, Skalk, Brits, not Skalkberger, uh, and Chris That's Ashton. <laughs> Just in case you were wondering, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and in front of them, they have got... Can you, can you tell me what they would be rehydrating and refueling with? Coconut water. Jay says coconut water. Tim, what's your guess? Uh, ooh, so they're ooh. rehydrating. Rehydrating. The I think after a big win like that away from home, they'd be straight on it. So I'm going to go for Guinness. No, 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 no. Go for Wolfpack Lager. Oh, oh yeah. They should out. have been Wolfpack Lager. I can confirm there are uh, cans of Magnus, cans of Heineken, and a big McDonald's meal. Good for them. They deserve it. If, if they're winning every game... I, I think there's a lot of teams going wrong. I think a lot of teams should be looking at that photo and making some changes. I mean, you did point it out and you did correctly say what happened at that Exeter game, but being there in the stadium, I'm sure it looks exactly the same as it did on the TV. Uh, Saracens didn't win. They pumped. They absolutely pumped Exeter. 
Really? How how do they look on by uh, by pitch side then? They they just they, they Exeter just got humped. Is that defence? Is that def- no. Saracens' defensive effort? To I mean, first half when they just stopped, it was like Exeter running into a brick wall. Yeah, yeah. I just... have got a theory, and I did mention it on the other podcast, but I'll very briefly touch on it again. See what you think, Tim. I think that Exeter inadvertently showed us how to beat Saracens. And the reason I say that is when they had the ball for prolonged periods, they did start to come back into it. And I think... It's, it's, quite, it's quite interesting you said that because before game, and on the, on the BT bus, Jack Knoll was chatting to the guys and said something and, and, and they went... Uh, well, I think it was Hugo said, oh, you, you have to say that on air. That's really fascinating. And Jack Knoll's point was that they've analysed Saracens and they found in the uh, Premiership final, if you got past six phases... They started to, uh, they, they started to holes started to be found, and yes. what's more, in the England training sessions, um, the because the, the defensive guys are from Saracens, uh, a lot of what you get is you they just do defensive sets of like four or five phases, and then they stop. So that their uh, Saracens are completely uh... focused on, Saracens are completely focused on being so aggressive for a short period of time in defence that they turn the ball over, which they quite often do. Which That's, they did a huge number of times. But yeah. when I think about Saracens, I think about like over 10 phases being very comfortable. But mind you, not, that's not mutually exclusive, is it? So, no. no. Uh, well, the reason, the other thing I, I think as well is Saracens prepare so well for a game. So remember the Bath final? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bath had this amazing game plan. All of a sudden, Sar- Saracens are, are in their face, and that's kind of what Saracens do. They kind of plan and they come out and they did it to Claremont. They did it to Racing, and you know that's what they do. So instead of trying to beat them with a game plan which you think is clever, scrappy game plan, and go for something that they, they know is going to happen, and you need a huge team and you've got to kind of run, just run over them. That's the only way I and think you can beat them. Keep grinding them. Yeah, and don't give them any ball because Alex Good is exceptional, and so is Ashton. And Maitland mm, will get there eventually. Yeah, yeah we we I heard loads of chat about Saracens next turn. There's been loads written. We should we should uh, talk about some of the other rugby um, as well because yeah, it's it's, it, it's almost getting to the point where you're kind of just in awe and bored by Saracens. And it's only week two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a question for you both, and it's not on our running order. So let's make this a little bit quick. I was having a debate online with some Welsh fans, as I often end up doing, sadly. Is that, is that, is that a euphemism for ranty exchange? No. Having a debate, and slash, which means argument. Some of these people just never, ever stop. I mean, I thought I was belligerent, but my word. Uh, and Here's my point, okay? So there's a lot of chat about Pro 12 teams. How would they do in the Premiership? Now, I think there's three teams in the Pro 12 that wouldn't get any... They, they wouldn't get past the bottom team in, in the Prem. So two Irish teams, sorry, two Italian, Italian teams and the Dragons wouldn't wouldn't get past twelfth uh, position. Uh, sorry, yeah, twelfth position. Think that's fair? Um, I think it's not far off. I think Dragons, based on the fact that they played uh, Gloucester and beat them in the the quarterfinal of the European Champions Cup last year at Gloucester, I think maybe they could. They, they'd certainly be challenging. Uh, Bristol, Worcester, Newcastle and mm. could possibly pick up some points elsewhere but they won't get far off. I see I disagree because I think the intensity of the Premiership would grind them into dust and they don't have that. They don't, they don't have the depth of, of most of the Premiership no. teams but they could pick up some points here and there. Okay, so here was my, it's a very loose theory it's pub chat, I, I admit it's nothing more than that. But my theory is we, could, we can judge how good a Pro 12 team would be 
by looking at Gloucester. Because Gloucester have loads of Pro 12 talent and they are coached by a Pro 12 director of rugby. How say you, how say you boys? Gloucester, a good example of a Pro 12 team in the, in the Premiership, if you wanted to know how it would go. <laughs> uh, so they're Pro 12 talent. McAllister, uh, Hibbard, a Foa played at Ulster. Yep. Uh, Morgan played at Scarlet. Yep. Moriarty, Laidlaw, uh, Matt Scott. James Hook. James Hook, yeah. So, right, so they've got quite a lot. Loads. And Humphreys, obviously. And Humphreys in charge, yeah. Yeah, they've probably got, other than the Irish teams, a few more internationals than... So so next year is the Pro 12's year. Next year is <laughs> exactly right, Tim. That's what I've been saying. Well, it'll be interesting because um, if they get it together, it means the Pro 12 might do quite well. But it's a good. I think it's a good barometer. It probably is. Although, if they did get beat by the Dragons, well, they did get beat by the Dragons, so that would put uh, Gloucester in 11th place in the Pro 12, but they finished 8th in the Premiership. So the Pro 12 is better than the Premiership, is that is that right? Is that what we're saying? The top 10 teams are better than the top 8 teams in the Premiership, yeah. Must be, must be, that's, that's, that's irrefutable now. Although it's, I think Gloucester are a bad barometer, because... Like they in that game against the Tigers, they looked brilliant in the first half and they looked awful in the second half. So I'm not sure. And against Worcester, they weren't great for 60 minutes. They managed to pull it round in the last. So they can be brilliant and excellent in the same game. Yeah, I think they're the most fascinating team in the Premiership this year to see what they're going to do because I've seen sparks of what they can do and it looks good. Yeah, it does. And then hey, that oh happens. god, god, I need to get some gossip off my chest. Please do. Oh, man, I need to get some stuff right. So I am led to believe, because uh, I noticed George Ford was made captain of Bath at the weekend. And have you noticed anything else about George Ford recently? Uh, Coming out of Bath? He, well, he got man of the match performance anything at the else? weekend. Dean Richards uh, as well. A lot of chat about how good he is compared to Dan Carter. What? Good he is compared to Dan Carter. Yeah, oh, yeah, because so... he's got the Dan Carter's old boss. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, uh, right. okay. Well, listen... Uh, he's been made captain by Bath. I wonder if I, I thought, oh, right, well, God, that's an interesting signal. That, that sort of signals George Ford, maybe part of the furniture at Bath and going to be there for a long time. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I am led to believe he's leaving at the end of the season. And that his likely destination, Leicester Tigers. Wow. Do we get to play a little bit of um, fly half merry-go-round now? Well, yeah, because this is it. Because you're sort of thinking, well, oh, well, Leicester, they've got Owen Williams and Freddie Burns. Right. So that would seem that, uh, that, if that is true, that signals to me, bearing in mind he's number two at the minute, that Owen Williams is 
his days are numbered. No, the other way around. I think Freddie Burns is will be numbered. Oh yeah, because... oh, Freddie Burns as well. Yeah, possibly See, both. Of them. This is where this is a dilemma now, right? So they get Ford in. Burns is on big money, yeah. but Williams has the enticement of Wales. Yeah. If he signs a new contract, does he fall under Gatlin's law? If he's offered a a fair rate contract, what, I love what that. the RFU deem, what? Uh, sorry, WRU deemed to be a fair rate contract. <sighs> so let's assume this is the case for a minute. Let's assume that this time next year, George Ford is is in a Leicester Tigers jersey. You heard it here first. Um, then, like, who in the Premiership needs fly halves? Because I would say that uh, Stephen Myler is getting long in the tooth, and Newcastle, mm, they, uh, Newcastle, not Newcastle, Northampton will be wanting to upgrade that position at some point. Yeah, they've they already brought in Hanrahan, and they've got Malander. So I, I I think between them... If Malander's a 10. Yeah. So let's say Malander's not a 10 and Hamrahan is kind of 10 slash 12. I'm not really done the business yet. Yeah, uh, he, he hasn't yet. Could Owen Williams be a Miler-ish type 10 for them? I if, don't know if, if he, he is. Can get him fit. Sure. No, I've got a much better fit for you. Much better. And I've got a much better fit as well. Freddie Burns... Harlequins. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. so, where I was going to say. You yeah. reckon? Exactly. Definitely. Fits perfectly. Nick, Nick Evans will be 36 next year. Yep. Um, they've played around with a, um, a couple of other. They've played around with Botica and Tim Sweel, neither of whom cut it. And they've got... James J- Lang. JB, who you think is going to be an up-and-coming star, but he's only 19. Yep. So he's not going to be getting much game time any, anytime soon. Well, I th- but don't you think Quins are just poor? They look, they don't look good. Yeah, but that means they'll have money as well. And also, yeah. what is going to happen if they find themselves in a European Cup final and they need an uh, an errant kicker to put the ball somewhere it shouldn't be? Who's more, more who is most likely to do that in the Premiership? Maybe Freddie Burns. Without Ben Botica, you're probably right. It probably is Freddie Burns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it. I think it's a nice fit for Quinns. Honestly, and, and just just on your point that they've not played well so far, I completely agree. They've been probably the most disappointing for, team for me uh, in the two games we've seen this year. Although my point uh, the other day was, it's, it's both games are in bad conditions. Yeah. Um, I really want to see them in some good conditions because that that's where they shine. Well, well Twickenham game. Well, I wouldn't say it's bad conditions. A little bit greasy, but I wouldn't go as far as saying bad conditions. Sorry, it was. It was, was it not tipping down? No, it was. There was there was rain, but it wasn't. It wasn't horrific conditions. It wasn't mm. that bad. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, well, a little bit tricky, I but think, nothing compared to what's going to be like in a couple of months. I think yeah, Quinns are true. a couple of losses away from being under some serious scrutiny. Yeah. So they've got Exeter at Sandy Park this week, no chance. And then I don't know what they've got next, but they've lost against, they'll have lost against Sale, they've lost against Ex- Exeter, and before you know it, it's a very slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah, I think there might be a bit of a rebuilding project at, uh, at Quinns ne- next year if it all goes wrong. We'll keep our eye on the George Ford situation, but as yeah. I say, uh, Leicester Tigers fans, I think you can start to get quite optimistic about your team next year. You slot George Ford into that back line and you've got, you've got, got good... something pretty dangerous looking. Well, I've yeah. heard they might be after a back row or two, which isn't a, mass- a massive secret. So you might be getting an eight and a fly half, and you might even be getting an eight this season. Who knows? Hmm. Uh, mm. Just Quinn's next two games, they've got Exeter away. And then it gets a little, little bit easier when they invite Saracens to the stoop. Oh, that'd be that'd be easy. <laughs> and after that, oh, uh, they travel to Wasps. Okay, and after that, <laughs> uh, Northampton at home. And after that, uh, then then they've got uh, where are we? There's a, some Champions Cups games. Uh, I'm trying to find their next game. 
Okay. While you're doing that, can I just can I just fill in a little picture, paint a little picture for you? So I'm currently sat in the Virgin Radio studio. Um, my show is on air at the minute, but what I've done is I've pre-recorded about 20 minutes of the show. Oh God, I'm I probably shouldn't be saying this. No, <laughs> let's let's cut that out. No, let's keep it in. Yeah, keep yeah, it. No, in. no, no, no. But the point is, is I've got to because we took so long getting started. I've got to the end of where I'd pre-recorded, so, which means in about two minutes this song is going to finish and i'm going to have to talk so okay. i might have to break off from the podcast uh, you can hear me do the link if you want yeah let, you can just leave me to it let's get a live virgin radio link in <laughs> the first in the history of any rugby podcast I yeah would, without I, a doubt I we had uh, what did we have danish football the other week <laughs> wow um can you not just throw it over to the weatherman or something it's just me, mate. It's just me here. Me and Brian, the security guard. That's it. And Brian seems talented enough. He's I did, a good guy. I was listening. He's a good guy. I was listening to you before, Tim. I did enjoy the American football commentary little segment. Oh, you did. have you heard that, JB? The cleanest tackle ever. Is that what you're talking about? No. No, 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 no. no. Let me play you this. So, um, in the what, what was the game last night? The Rams. Um, Rams versus San Fran. Yeah, really, really dull game. Um, I don't know how I'm going to play this to you without uh, it feeding back. Anyway. So there was a ra- the radio commentary of that. There was a streaker that came on. And you know when you watch it on the telly, the, um, they don't actually show the streaker. They just cut to, like, shots of the coaches yeah, and stuff. Yeah, ridiculous. On the, ra- ridiculous. on the radio commentary, this is what he decided to do. Third and four, looks into the nickel of San Francisco in the secondary. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing Ten, him. The five. Him, waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, Kevin. they got him. Here comes They're coming the blue from the left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. <laughs> How good is that? that right, is stay there. Wait one minute. Wait one minute. Stay with, stay with me. Okay. Have we got a license to play this? Yeah, I don't know. I'll just turn it down a bit. What is happening? <laughs> I thought you need to talk when there's... Chili Peppers on Virgin Radio. Right, it's time for my record of the week. And it's a tune that's going to be on the reissued version of Oasis's Be Here Now to commemorate 20 years since that album. And... It gets a bit of stick, that album, Oasis's third one. Uh, well, it got, used to get a lot of stick by Noel himself, but I think it was pretty good, you know? Not too shabby. Was For most bands, that would be uh, a masterpiece. Uh, but this has popped up, and it's a demo version, a very, very early demo version of Don't Go Away, uh, which was recorded by Noel on the very exclusive island of Mystique, which is in the Caribbean, and it's a place where loads of celebrities go, uh, and you can't... You can't we, us mere mortals can't just go there. Noel Gallagher could. That's how big Oasis had got. And this tune is Noel giving his vocals to Don't Go Away. And this is my record of the week on Virgin Radio. Right. Did right, you, did you right. hear any of that? That was, that was, that was exceptional. That was exceptional. Did I, you actually hear? Yeah, yeah. Heard all. Okay, cool. Um, it, what's anyway, that, is, is that like a nine-minute song? Uh, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I'm sorted now. Okay. Um, shall we move on to the rugby championship? Because I have noticed that we've not spoken about much rugby for the last uh, five minutes. Uh, yes. What would you like to say about it, Phil? Yeah, I yeah. would like to say Bowden Barrett. Oh, my word. Sorry? Oh, yes. Sorry. I thought you were Brad Barrett. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, just... just the... Brad Barrett. Oh, my word. Granite shoulders. What a jaw. 20, 21 tackles this weekend from Bad Bar- Brad Barrett. Very tell you what, he is 
fact. Uh, like, say what, say what you like about his um, defensive qualities. We're talking about Brad, yeah? <laughs> I, just, I was hoping to get off the Saracens game yeah. sometime. Yeah, I just want to say, like, you can't help but massively respect what like what he does. Yeah, yeah. D- despite, you know, his attacking frailties. My word. Now Bowden Barrett. Now Bowden Barrett, which is the opposite. You can't wow. help... Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, you can't help but... Um, you know, talk about his defensive frailties, but what an what attacking <laughs> ability! <laughs> uh, Frightening how good that guy is. He turned that game. Uh, he turned that game individually. I mean, basically, uh, it was like New Zealand never got out of third gear in the whole eighty minutes. But while they were idling in second gear, just chugging along, uh, Argentina gave it a really good crack. Oh. But then but Barrett just went right. Come on, boys, I've got this. Let's let's stop messing about. Yeah. Well, for, for almost 60 minutes, Argentina were right in the game. And until about 60 minutes, they were banging on the door. I think it was 24-19. Um, and then New Zealand did just flip a switch and they scored three tries, uh, a couple of conversions and in that 10-minute window and went from five points up to 25 points up. Incredible. They're just... They're just incredible. There's only so many things you can say about them over and over again. I would like to link this, and I know it's all over the place, right? I'd like to link this with the Lions appointments. Okay. And the reason why is because of this New Zealand style that they're they're playing, which is so important. I think it's absolutely vital that uh, Gatland appoints Gregor Townsend to his staff. Absolutely vital. Because you want someone who can play the attacking rugby well for both reasons oh, I, I'm, I'm going to take massive issue with this because is, it, is this the same Gregor Townsend who said he's clearly on something because Gregor Townsend said in a rugby uh, paper article last Sunday the Pro 12 is a better product <laughs> is better quality than the Premiership okay he was taken out of context in that I believe I believe what he's saying is that the quality of the rugby played in patches is better than the Premiership. And uh, Worcester beat the team uh, who once <laughs> beat the team who are European champions and were therefore the best team in Europe. That's like, that's, that's like Dean Ryan logic that it Greg Tappan is using there. It's a, it's a ludicrous thing to say in terms of the whole competition. But actually, actually, which rugby club in the Premiership would be able, with the players av- available to Connacht to produce the same style of rugby... And I think that's yeah. what he was going at, which is the style yeah. of rugby in the Pro 12 can be very attractive. And Glasgow were very attractive. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, you know, uh, yes, you're, you're, in the terms of the style of rugby, the Pro 12 is a, an exciting competition to watch. I will give it. And by the way, in terms of exciting young prodigious talents, did you, did you see Phil in week one, Joey Carberry for Leinster? No, not heard of him. No. He's now, he wasn't on my radar either, but he, he should be on your radar now. This young fly half. Uh, Joey ah. Carberry just two tries on debut wow. and looked absolute class. Yeah. Wow, nice. Well, Sorry. that's well. This is kind of coming back to the reason why Gregor Townsend should be with the Lions because, for a start, you're not going to beat the All Blacks with sheer defence. So you can have Gustard in an attacking role, but you're going to have to outscore them. So good defence would be nice. Yeah, but you need to outscore them. Now, who has had success at overcoming this All Blacky? New Zealand style. Gregor Townsend going up against Connacht when he battered them. Uh, this season. This season. Not last season. Not last season. So they lost in the quarterfinal. Exactly. Uh, semi-final. Well, they lost two games, didn't they? They lost them back-to-back. Back back. Back. Yeah, the last game of the season. So it's uh, my view that season. he's looked at it 
kind of come up with a recipe to beat it, gone back and has now beaten it. So maybe he is the man to help out Gatland. And Gatland will say, no, we're going to run it around, run it around the corner over and over again. Probably. And he'll just pick the biggest possible team you can pick from the players available. He'll have yeah. Sean Lamont on one wing. Yes. And George North probably on the other. George North with Cuthbert on his back. <laughs> <laughs> to slow him down a bit, but give him more bulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Add another 15 stone to him. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I I'm not sure. I don't think I'm get, starting to get to the point where oh, I don't know. Well, no, we'll see how it goes in the internationals. But I'm I'm wondering whether Jamie Roberts uh, is the way to beat New Zealand. Maybe it is. I don't know. No, I don't. Know. I'm, in, in all honesty, the way that New Zealand are playing at the moment, um, and may, maybe this is because the other teams aren't as strong as they have been or, or should be. But the way New Zealand are playing, I can't see anyone beating them. No. I just can't see it. I, no, I can Especially, see the Lions do. I think the Lions can do it. I'm not... Because that... In one test. That New Zealand team, half of the team has been together for the past kind of five, six years. There's a few new faces, but the new faces they've brought in have been in and around the squad. Like, Fekito has been in and around the squad for two, three years. Ryan Crotty, yeah, Cro- yeah. They're not really new players, are they? No, just kind they've of... been introduced so well. And they're so well knitted together they understand each other so well I just and the Lions they play against each other frequently but they don't play together you'll get kind of a few combinations that play together but not many mm. I just can't see it even even now even with my most optimistic hat on I can just about only see a 3-0 whitewash can, uh, yeah, but look a, a, a team of Gatland at the top Gregor going in, in attack and Gustard, Gustard. going in defence oh, I quite like that uh, yeah. I, oh, don't get me wrong. I like it. I, I don't mind that. And I think the Lions are going to have some quality players available. Um, it's the it's just beating New Zealand. I'm still not sure how to do it. Why don't you take Pat Lamb as well? Could do. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. Look at me go. And, and Eddie Jones. No, not Eddie Jones. <laughs> he won't go. What about... Pat Lamb. Major. Aaron Major. Mm, that's a good shout. I, don't, I think they've got to be on secondment for six months, though, haven't they? Have they? Yeah, there's more chance of being able to afford Pat Lamb than Major. My biggest worry about the, the whole Lions tour is the fact that a bunch of players aren't going to be able to start the tour because of scheduling issues with the Viva Premiership finals, etc. Yes. Uh, my concern is that they're not going to be able to get on the piss enough to build up that camaraderie <laughs> that's going to be... Oh. I know, I'm, I'm serious when I say this. <laughs> like I th- That... that that togetherness and squeezing that extra 5% that you didn't know you had uh, by coming together and four becoming one. And I think that's absolutely massive. And I, I, th- I think it's going to, I think it's, it's affecting it now, this scheduling issue and pl- players not going to have had a break and are going to be flipping from club rugby to, to lions rugby and some there, some not. I think that's, I do think that's genuinely an issue. Well, I mean, we can talk about this in a little bit more detail like another, in another podcast, but yeah. I yeah, think we'll there the is a real big discussion to have. Is the Lions even still viable? Because I'm starting to think it's not. Oh, I, I think it is. I think there's still a place for it. It's interesting that just, just tonight, uh, a couple of hours ago, there's been um, breaking news about uh, a shake-up, the, the changes to yeah. the global rugby season. And part of it is moving the Lions back to July-August time. So the Pro 12 and Premiership will move back slightly to align closer to the Super Rugby season. 
uh, and then the the lions and any summer tours will also move back further to give a proper break so you don't get this, this ludicrous situation where premiership finalists aren't available for the first england or wales or um lions games tests on a, of a tour yeah uh, they're gonna have to sort something something up because these players have had if you've played the world cup for england uh, on that exceptional year which they they are if you manage to swing you've come all the way through you've had what six six weeks off or whatever i think five week month mandatory break that's this summer yeah so this but then the lions kicks off so what in that three-year period you'll have five weeks off five continues. pretty much yeah it's not good enough yeah. It's not. It's I, not. We I can't agree. get into this another time. Can yeah. I tell you something else? Another bit of information that I have learned. Oh yes. Does it involve Bundyaki? Uh, no, no. That's uh, but interesting. A lot of people have pointed out that someone we've mentioned on a previous podcast, Purpleaki, <laughs> is subject <laughs> of a documentary. <laughs> yes. Um... The man who the man who feels muscles or whatever it was called. Anyway, <laughs> no. Uh, this goes from New Zealand, uh, the All Blacks, who are going to be playing against and hosting the Lions, to a former All Black who is going to be coming in the other direction to the Premiership. We talked about it last week, and uh, yes. we talked about it as it we did. We oh, it must just be hypothetical. Let me tell you, uh, my sources tell me Ma Nonu is one hundred percent going to Bristol. When? Wow. I'm not entirely sure when, but he is going to Bristol. So he'll be playing outside centre with Henson inside. He can't be playing inside. Henson's too good. Yeah. They'll have to accommodate him. Well, he's going to have to have a pay cut and he's going to have to be accommodated on the outside of Henson. Has he ever played one, on the wing? One million pounds. A million pounds? Yeah. Wow. wow. He's probably worth it. He probably... No. I mean, no, not only, no way. Not only is he probably worth it, okay? If I'm if I'm Bristol now, I think, okay, right, I don't need to pay a million. What Wasps need is a more substantial member of their backline. I'll swap this £1 million player with Wasps right now for Curtly Beal when he's fit. They both benefit. Interesting. Wasps have a power game as well as everything else. And Curtly Beal goes to Bristol. I'm not sure how really Bristol get the best. Oh yeah, they save £400,000. Wasps have got the most informed 12 in the league. Yes, in Jimmy Goffert. And then they've got... Um, oh, Cal Eastman's coming. Eastman and then Beal. Yeah. Right. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure Nonu is worth a million pounds, simply because Dan Carter is the only person getting paid that at the moment. I'm not sure Nonu, because he doesn't kick sticks, and he he scores tries, but not a huge number. But he's massively... He won't, he won't accumulate the same number of points as but, someone like Dan Carter. But actually, if you think about it, there's not many players in world rugby who are... So influential on a field for everything, everything he can do. I mean, obviously, he doesn't kick sticks, but he does everything else perfectly. But he's also had have disruptive uh, club career. He was passed round the Super Rugby franchises because he was disrupted. I thought he was always at Hurricanes. No, no. I'm sure. Has he? Have you ever seen Martin? Let me just uh, revisit this. I thought he came through the ranks playing outside or inside of Tanarum. Umonga. He's been he's been, been at Hurricanes as long as I can remember. He was Hurricanes. Uh, oh, was he at Chiefs? Chiefs. Then, he was at Hurricanes. Then he was at the Blues. Then he was at the Highlanders. Then he was back at the Hurricanes. Oh my word! Sorry. Then he was back at the Blues. So he was Hurricanes, Blues, Highlanders, Blues, Hurricanes. So I've just and missed... I'm going to tell you and, I, and I'm putting it here, and I'm putting it out there. Over no significant period of time has Marnonu played well unless playing for the All Blacks. 
I do not. Th- I think this is a terrible signing for Bristol. I think it's terrible. Mm. Really bad. And they do a lot, lot better out of keeping that million pounds in their pocket. I know their owner is desperate to spend his cash uh, and you get far more value out of Will Horrell uh, and a young guy bringing him through I and love, spending money much more wisely. I, love, I think it's a bad, bad move. I love Will, Will Hurrell. Um, and if anything motivates a disruptive club guy, it's giving him a, a, a million quid, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's exactly how he did it. Yeah, how are you going to keep his head on, on it? He's not going to he's, he's not going to give a shit, is he? A million quid can, can buy Sorry. a lot of multicoloured braids too. <laughs> yeah, how are you going to keep... Marnonu, he's like he's in the south of France at the minute, and by the way, he's done nothing for Toulon. Uh, he's yeah, not looked good at all. Toulon have done nothing, to be fair. And uh, no, I know, but I, he hasn't looked good. But know. no, he's on the, he's on the south of France, making a load of money, nice, easy lifestyle. He's moving to Bristol. You going to be able to motivate that guy? I no well, It remains to be seen. He's won two World Cup. Look, I I'm not his lawyer. I don't know why I'm why I'm acting like <laughs> uh, I'm his, you know public defender. Uh, okay, he's got an incredible skill set. I would be worried about the, uh, getting value out of that. Mi- okay. If he was half a million pounds, I'd be in, I'd be very interested. You've got a million quid. Yeah, you're not going to get get him. Who should Bristol get? Uh, good question. <laughs> I'd get Conrad Smith. He's a model pro, and he'll 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 do it. He'll do a job. If you oh. wanted to spend money, if you wanted to get a former All Black centre, Conrad Smith, what a job he would do. I'm not sure I'd spend a million quid on anyone who plays in the backs, really. Other pop- than Big Gav. And the, oh, Bowden Barrett, I would. You you wouldn't be able to get him. Even a million pounds wouldn't get Bowden Barrett. Well, you can I, ask. Okay. I'd, I'd ask the Boys. question. I'm 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 sure they have done. If they they're going for Nonu, I'm sure they have done. I'll tell you who Boys, they should. This this is this is past my curfew now. I need to get on my way and actually do my job. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So no no seriously, I, I'll go. You finish up. Cracking okay. effort. Thanks, Tim. Cheers. Is Sterling. Right? Yeah, Sterling from you. Thank you for for dialing oh. in while you're at work. No worries. Don't tell anyone, yeah? Keep it quiet. No one yeah. knows. Yeah. In a bit. Bye. <laughs> a million quid. Who would you buy? Or what position? Uh, Ten or eight. I would look at an eight or a second row. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the only place. So, Dan Carter, I think, is probably worth it. Bowden Barrett. Israel Falau. <sighs> I'm not sure there's anyone outside that. I'm not paying Israel Falau a million quid. Uh, or am I? No, I'm not. I reckon someone like even Elizabeth, yeah, get, you know, start 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 winning some contact, or uh, tighter props are, are worth a lot of money, but yes. not, but they're not they're not million pound money. Why why not? Carl Heyman was. Uh, well, he was not. I mean, he wasn't Cole, million pounds though. Carl Heyman in his prime, if he was available now, would be worth a million pounds. No, I disagree. No, no props have ever props. There's a few when you, the top fourteen were spending ludicrous money. There's a few around the four hundred, five hundred k mark. There was no one more than that. I, I reckon Carl Heyman was at one point the highest paid rugby player in the world. If he wasn't, he was in top three. He was up yeah. There. He 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 would have been up there. Which means if you translate that over to the, to, to today, they probably are worth something like something like that now. Maybe not quite a million, but they'll be up there. But who who would you get? Uh, who who was as good as Heyman in his prime now? Nobody is my, yeah. is my answer. There's no one yeah. six foot four who can do one man lifts. Maybe, maybe the beast, someone like that. That's he's a, big he's name. a loose head though. Mm. Yeah, he's a big name. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, or Ed, Ed's the best for me. That's that's one that I would go for. Okay. Shall we wrap it up? 
Yeah, let's do that. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. Sorry about the previous effort. Hopefully, this has put us back in your good graces. Before we go, actually, haven't we got one more thing to do? One, one more thing to mention, just from me. Go to statbacker.co.uk. This week's, um, this week's competition is Defenders Beaten. The previous podcast, when we were very hungover, we ran through some of the top players. But if you sign up with ten pounds, you'll get um, a fifteen pound, sorry, a fifteen percent huge rugby discount which is massive so go and have a look at it it's a good fun game and you'll get a, a pretty tasty discount uh yes and also tough screen and tough screen do you yes. actually have do you actually have, I have a winner it. i have it oh go on and the winner and is we, we are going to tweet we are going to tweet you now mr jimmy garrigan jimmy garrigan congratulations S- you twitter account is at stop jammer time stop jammer time there we go is the winner of a World Cup win it World Cup a gold medal winning BG jersey? So yeah. well done, Jimmy. Thanks for listening, and I hope your phone is very safe. It w- well, it will be now. Yeah, uh, check us out on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. Check out our sponsors, Cornerstone and Beer fi- and and Beer Fifty Two, both good guys. Uh, and well, until next week, we will see see you then. Bye bye, Phil. Bye, JB. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 